Welcome to Spirited Word. By God's Word proclaimed, the Holy Spirit works faith in God's grace in Jesus, when and where He pleases. Sermons by Pastor Adrian Kitson, Lutheran Church of Australia. So we continue our journey this morning in that little tiny letter of 1st John. We've been there for several weeks already and uh, we're wandering our way through and taking a fairly slow, deeper look, I guess, at a little tiny part of the Bible, packed full of all kinds of wonderful things, as the scriptures always are. So hopefully we can uh, engage in that again this morning and it encourages you along your journey. Our first reading today is in 1st John chapter 2 verses 15 to 29. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they really did not belong to us. For, they had, for if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy Spirit, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, See what you have see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will also remain in the Son and in the Father. This is what he promised us eternal life. I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, The anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. And now, dear children, continue in him, So that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, 
you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. This is the word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. Please be seated. I think that opening line really got me. That opening line of this little section of the letter of John, the first letter of John, sort of really hit me. Didn't make sense at first. Do not love the world or anything in the world. Hmm. Does that mean that I can't enjoy a good pizza? Does it mean that I can't enjoy riding a lovely motorbike or driving a nice car? Uh, does it mean that I can't be a keen supporter of my team? Does it mean that I should wander off and try and find some convent or monastery to go and live in to escape this bad world? Does John mean that I have to lose half my friends because they are too worldly? and I can never have a beer at a pub with my friends. Is that what he's talking about? And by the way, how can this man, this man of all people, this apostle, who gave us the most famous Bible verse in history, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, etc., how can he of all people say, do not love the world or anything in the world. A bit weird, I reckon. So John must mean something specific or something else that I'm thinking about when he uses that term, the world. And I would like to tell you, he is, thankfully. So enjoy your pizza, enjoy your car, go for your team... <laughs> And yes, you can have a beer at the pub with your friends. Because for John here in his language, as far as I can tell and I've learnt about, the world, in his view, is the dominion of all things evil. Where there is lying, deceptive teaching and teachers. And he calls it the anti-messiah forces, powers, organisations, structures, systems. Maybe that's what we call it, the world. Systems, structures, forces, political, cultural and other. So anti-Messiah, I'm not using anti-Christ because that brings out all the interesting people. I'm saying anti-Messiah, which is what Christ means. So that's what John calls the world. Luther in his commentary on his reflections on First John here, says that John, John says, do not love the world. He's not saying do not love God's creatures, land, sea, sky, people. Because, Luther quotes First Timothy 4.4, 4, everything created is good and nothing is to be rejected if, if it is received with thanksgiving. So no, John is saying something different. John is saying, maybe we would say this, do not love the godlessness in the world, 
the anti-Messianess active in the world. Don't love that. And John gets specific. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Don't love anything anti-Messiah that's active in the world. Why? Because it's the realm of the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Well, what are they? I'm sure you could tell me. Lust of the flesh, physical, emotional, psychological craving that drive us to find satisfaction and look for hope in any place other than the word and the promises and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And usually lusting at the expense of other people. Get out of the road. I need it. Uh, the lust of the eyes. Well, you know, that attraction to all things shiny and bright. Attraction to the mere outward form or the surface level of a person or a system or a thing without any thought, any reference to plumbing the depths of the character of it. What's under it? Where's it driving me? And the pride of life, you know, the false confidence, the overconfidence in ourselves that boasts of our successes and takes the glory for ourselves. Especially if we're pretty well healed or we have a win or we achieve something good. So, you can go any place you want and you'll find those things at work, won't you? We have all these places and sometimes whole systems based on those kinds of things. I'm thinking of the sporting industry or the gambling industry. Seems to be the same thing these days. Amazing. Fashion industry. So many systems, organisations, forces, cultural forces, whatever, social media forces, influences, have little observable interest in paying any respect to the Lord of life, except for the wonderful individuals who happen to do that in their organisation, in their place. Thank God for them. Thank God for you who do that. So John says, don't love these things and systems and anti-Messiah ways. Don't love them. Big word he uses. The love word here is the big word, agape. That's the word reserved for how God loves. Don't love the world or the anti-Messiah things like the Messiah loves you. Consistent, long devotion, heartfelt, self-sacrificing love. Don't love the anti-Messiah things in the world like that, with that love. Why not? He gives two reasons. Those anti-Messiah forces are not neutral. They aim to destroy. They actually are in conflict with your Heavenly Father's love for you and you can't have both. You can't have both. One will make you truthless and therefore toothless in God's mission to love the world and the other will make you full of faith and full of love for the world he loves. Number two reason why don't, don't uh, give your heart to the anti-Messiah things in the world because they don't last and they can't deliver even though they say they can. They don't last like Jesus' love lasts and they can't be complete or full or lasting like the love of the Father and the Son who are full and complete and everlasting. So, condition check. Yes. How do you know 
if you're putting your love in the wrong place. As Augustine said, it's not that we don't love enough, it's just that we love in the wrong way, in the wrong places. Try these on. A bit like running through the Ten Commandments in a way. When a thing or a person or a goal engrosses our thoughts and imagination to such a high degree that it limits or even cuts out any serious reflection and attentiveness to the things of God, the word of God, the people of God, the calling of God in our day. Other things are our first thought in the morning and our last thought at night. When we all find ourselves talking about what we find ourselves talking about most are plans and things and people without any reference or connection to God's plans and God's people and God's will and God's way and God's word. When we are unwilling to part with an association or a thing or a place when we need to or even give a part of these up for God's calling on our life when we are discontent with our lot in life, we've all been there, and secretly grieve because we are not blessed with every earthly convenience that everybody else seems to have. When we really don't want the Lord to govern the world, actually, to distribute his own gifts the way he sees fit to the people he chooses to gift them to. When we pursue things and people and status and really enjoy these things when we get them, way more than the affirmation of the Lord of life, our Saviour, and we pursue all these other things way more than we pursue him. If we warn to the recognition and the symbols of status that systems and communities and others give us and cherish the signs of greater deference and respect, the respect that come with them more than we defer to and are amazed at the truth that God respects us. So we get very cranky too when someone gives us a slight. When we play a few tricks, you know, to acquire what we want at cost to someone else. There's the list. So John is giving us this warning about not loving the anti-Messiah things of the world because there's obviously a real threat in his community. There is false teaching, or in his words, lies going on. Uh, and as we know, over the last two weeks, <coughs> truth is a coin with two sides, faith and love. You've got to get the truth right to get the faith right to get the love right. They all go together. If you get the truth wrong, then the love is wrong. Yes, and the faith is wrong. Truth. He says, I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. Someone's active. They went out from us. They used to belong to us. But they didn't really belong to us, for if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. So some see, including Luther actually, names this fellow Serinthus. As the protagonist at the time, he was doing the damage in the community of John. Like many others around him then and ever since and now, Serinthus taught lots of interesting things that did not line up with the apostolic faith, the faith the apostles taught, the witness they shared and 
the truth that they, they taught. But out of all of them, there's lots of them, the root of the lie, the big deal about Serinthus and anybody else like that is this. Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah? This is the anti-Messiah, the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. On the other hand, we who confess the Son also have the Father. We just did. So there it is. Any teaching, attitude, behaviour, system, belief, philosophy, approach, worldview, name a few, that deny that Jesus of Nazareth is God, anointed, saviour, in human flesh, denies everything. Luther points that out. Anyone who denies Jesus as the Son of God, creator of the world, saviour, at any point, automatically denies Jesus everywhere. There's only, you can't have a little bit of Jesus. You've either got him or you haven't. So if you deny this foundational truth of God, you lose faith and you lose love in God and with God and for God. And so you're dragged ever closer to these anti-Jesus powers and places at work that only create more lies and deception and corruption and pain and lovelessness because they are God-less places, places devoid of God's good grace. We've got a few places like that around us, don't you think? So it seems to me, friends, we need an anchor point at this point. We need somewhere to stick in the ground, to, to stay afloat in the current, a very strong current that's always active. Well, here goes John, giving you today an anchor point to stay standing. You have an anointing, anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. You've got it. So you are anointed. That is your mark. That is your anchor point. You are anointed by no less than the anointed one, which is what the word Messiah means. You are anointed by the anointed one. This is what Jesus said in his first public sermon back in Capernaum, up by the Sea of Galilee, Luke chapter 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because... He has anointed me to proclaim good news. So, friend, here this morning you are chosen, which means you are loved, which means you are called in the love of God to love the world in God, right in the middle of all that the anti-Messiah world can throw at you. How do you know that you are anointed by the anointed? Well, Paul tells us, now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. Why? He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. That's baptism talk, friends. That's how you know. That's how you know. Even more, Luther says... This spiritual anointing makes kings and priests. You've been ordained. You've been coronated. 
just like Charlie. Just as that anointing makes Christ a king and a priest, so it makes us too kings and priests in the sight of God. That is, believers and chosen ones. Now that is your marker in the sand. That is your anchor point. The anointing brings the truth, which creates the faith, which creates the love. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. And you don't need anyone else but him to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you, because it does, it teaches you enough about all the thing, all, all things. And as that anointing is real, not fake, not counterfeit, John just says what he always says, remain in him, abide in him. Beautiful word. Now I don't know who or what you are getting pulled down the creek by or how or why at the moment. But I do know there are many forces, many voices doing their very best to drag you their way some for obvious evil, which is easy to see, often for deceptive good, where we take all the credit. But nevertheless, they're both part of these anti-Messiah powers and places active upon us. It's where we live. But friends, I've got to say, the Holy Spirit this morning is giving, reassuring you, giving you your anchor point. You are... You are standing. You don't need to know anything more than Jesus can teach you. Your future is assured in him because it lasts and he can deliver the deepest desires of your heart. And this will be your anchor point in the strong current of anything anti-Messiah that you come across on a daily basis. Anything you're battling with, with inside you and around you. It's the truth that you are anointed, you are chosen, you are called by Jesus, the Son of God, the Saviour of the world, still, on this day, 2023. And John is urging you and I to live our lives with this Jesus being worthy of our whole heart, not just part of it, because he delivers everything that he ever promised, everything you could possibly long for. And one day, says John, this strong pull to the dark side in Star Wars language, it will cease. When Jesus the King appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. Well, guess what? He's already come. This means there's no need to be ashamed today. No need to be ashamed today. No need to be ashamed then either. The king has begun his new age, out of the old age. Gracious rule, rule of grace. And you are his royal subject, anointed by his spirit from his heart of self-giving agape love. When you didn't deserve it, you couldn't earn it, and you struggled to trust it. Friends, do not love the world or anything godless and anti-Messiah in the world, why would you bother? In the name of Christ, amen. And the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ 
keep you standing strong this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.